Ticket Radio. And welcome to the Movie Ticket Radio podcast. Yes, that's our official name, and thank you for joining. I am your host, J.R. Russ, with... Your friendly co-host, John Records Landecker. Yes, career broadcasters, and he's Mr. Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. And, uh, of course, we have the Movie Ticket Radio radio station that you can go to at movieticketradio.com and hear the hits you hear in movies. And this here is a podcast where we're talking about the movies, and we're actually playing a few clips of music. Not the biggest hits, because you know what they sound like, but ones that are more obscure, which... Our legal department tells us we can do under the fair use doctrine, which means that we're kind of instructing or teaching about these songs. So you're learning about them perhaps for the first time. So enjoy those musical interludes as we talk about the songs you hear in movies. And John, what are we talking about today? Uh, I'll tell you, JR, we're going to talk about one of the most uh, monumental films in the history of putting hit records into movies, and that is The Big Chill. From 1983. Excellent movie. Not all fun. Kind of poignant at times. Oh, no, not all fun at all. And, I, you know, as a kid who grew up in Ann Arbor, Michigan, there's a parallel plot line of all of them used to work for the Michigan Daily, which was a student newspaper, and there's a scene where they're all sitting around the TV watching Michigan play somebody in football. So, you know, Mm. I like it. I didn't uh, notice that. Well, of course not. Yeah. Why would you? That's true. Now, if they would have been watching The Bears or, or Notre Dame, maybe. Right, I right. Because I lived closer to them. But Well, actually, I didn't know that that was part of the plot. And when in 1983, when the movie came out, I went to see it at a uh, theater in Ann Arbor. And I'm sitting there, and the first thing that happens is Kevin Klein appears in a Michigan T-shirt. Yeah. And I'm like, what's going on here? <laughs> and then it's revealed that... Uh, Jeff Goldblum used to work for the Michigan Daily. Now he's with, I think it was USA Today. And they, you know, they're watching a Michigan football game. And I'm doing this in Ann Arbor and not knowing that that's part of the plot. And needless to say, I was agape with joy. Let's just put it that way. Is that an expression? I was agape with joy. All right. (laughs) Let me picture you with your mouth wide open. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And then on, on top of that comes this unbelievably great soundtrack, which, as I said, I I think was the first time, at least on this scale, that hits were used as part of the soundtrack, and it sort of led to a a trend, if you will, not only in films, but I think radio stations across the country at that time decided to start programming more of these types of tunes simply because of the sex of the sex. (laughs) Take two. Well, we know what's Uh, on your mind. (laughs) simply because of the soundtrack of the film, which also sold really well, and as it should, because they were all big hits. Like, I Heard It Through the Grapevine. Right. This would be the Marvin, Marvin Gaye version as opposed to the Gladys Knight and the Pips version. Right. Norman Whitfield, Barrett Strong, the writers on that one. Right. And also the Stones, you can't always get what you want. But sometimes, Jay, I understand you just might find you get what you need. Sometimes. That. That's very true. Uh, Keith Richards found that he needed to get rid of one of the, or get rid of the S in his name, so he's credited as Keith Richard as a writer of that song along with Mick Jagger. Hmm. 
I don't know why that would be, but he wanted to lose his, he lost his S, I guess. Um, Maybe he went to Vegas and lost his S playing blackjack. I don't know. <laughs> now, there's a trivia question. Yeah. I mean, the, uh, it, it, it is just one big hit after the other. A Whiter Shade of Pale by Brokaw Harum, Harum or Harum, however you want to uh, pronounce it. Um, I've always said harem, but you know, now that you mention it, it's harem. Harem it has an E in it, doesn't it? Like a, a, a bevy of women in the uh, olden I days. I believe so. So it would be pro-call harem. Yeah. Uh, Keith Reed, Gary Booker, Matt Fisher, the writers there. Also, Tell Him, performed by the Exciters. Uh, Bert Burns, Great. a writer there. Great and, uh, Is that the... Uh, a remake on the Tell Him, Tell Him, Tell Him, the girl song. Yeah, I know something okay. about love. It was originally done by the Exciters. Uh, were they a Jamaican group? Oh, my gosh, I don't know. Well, there was a, there was a group that did a lot of reggae stuff called the Exciters. Probably, probably a different Could be. group, Could but be. not sure. Uh, another huge song, Smokey Robinson and the Miracles, Tracks of My Tears. Take a close look at my face oh. and see women. Take a good look at my face. Okay, well, never mind. I'll <laughs> the rest of it. Well, you know, as DJs, I don't know about you, but I've always paid attention to the, the music, the tempo, and the melody. And I am not a big words guy. Take a close look at my face. My smile seems, seems out, of, out place. of place. See, something along the lines of see if you can trace the, the tracks, tracks of my, of my tears, tears or something like that. I yeah. thought it was, obviously I don't remember it off the top of my head right now. And if I had done any research prior to this podcast, I would know. But no, I didn't. So no. tough. Uh, Smokey wrote that along with Warren Moore and Marvin Tarplin. And yeah. Smokey uh, credited himself as William Robinson Jr. Oh, yeah. He did that a lot. So That's the, his name. the smokester yeah. used his real name because he wanted to mm -hmm. make sure that he could cash that check. Well, I think if you look at a lot of the Motown songs, Smokey William Robinson is listed as part of this, if not the sole writer, part of the writing team. Okay. And then we come to the theme from Raiders of the Lost Ark, written by John Williams, but performed by Tom Berenger. Yeah. Wasn't that where they were sitting around the living room and he was yeah. playing it or something? And, uh, Tom Berenger was a character in a hit television show in the context of the Big Chill script. And where he would run and on the TV, he'd run and leap into the car. And I remember a scene where he attempted to recreate that in the context of the movie script, and it didn't work so well. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yes, I do recall that. Yeah. And, yeah. of course, a great rascal song, Good Lovin'. Yes, a unique song in the sense that it also has approximately a five or six second gap in it. Yeah. Where they stop, nothing happens, and then it's, who loving? I worked at a radio station, and it was automated. Uh-oh. And they had what was called a silence sensor, so that if something would go wrong, it would kick another source to start playing something on the radio. And they had the duration of the silence sensor set too short, and that song would actually kick into the next song. <laughs> uh, See, machines cannot replace humans. They cannot, especially great DJs. Exactly. Like you and your Hall of Fame career, let me add. Oh, boy. I just love to butter you up. <laughs> I know. Like a piece of toast. That's right. Well, 
And anytime you want to reciprocate, go right ahead. Oh, okay. Thank uh, you. Rudy Clark and Arthur Resnick, we'll give them credit for uh, writing that great tune. And uh, another great one by Holland and Whitfield, Eddie Holland and Norman Whitfield by The Temptations. Mm-hmm. Ain't Too Proud to Bang. Yep. Great song. Great, great song. Yep. yep. And the cavalcade of hits in Big Chill continues with My Girl, another Smokey Robinson, as William Robinson Jr. and Ronald White yes. song. Sunshine on a cloudy day. Wouldn't it be nice? Beach Boys. If we could sing like the Beach Boys or the Temptations. Mike Love, a writer of that, along with Brian Wilson and Tony Asher. Wouldn't it be nice? It would be. Mm-hmm. Quicksilver Girl, a Steve Miller band song, uh, one I'm not super familiar with. She's a Quicksilver Girl. A lover of the Spreads her wings and she's free. Not one of the, I mean, I know it, but it's not certainly one of the biggest Steve Miller band songs. Yeah. And a huge one by the band, The Weight, Jamie Robbie Robbie Robertson Robertson writing that one. Canadian, Canadian band. Okay, eh? Yeah, I got a a pretty heavy weight I'm carrying, eh? Eh? Yeah, I'm sure the Canadians love it when we stereotype. Oh, like I know that. they do. Yeah. Well, you know, Bob and Doug McKenzie—they didn't really help with that. Hoser. No. No. Mm-hmm. Uh, hey, give me some loving, baby. Oh, I love this song. Yeah. Uh, Steve Winwood, Muff Winwood, and Spencer Davis, and that's the Spencer Davis group, and a great, great tune. Just love that song. Yeah, it just at the beginning. Uh, well, a couple of places that it, it builds with just a, right. and it just gets rolling. Yep. Uh, another huge hit by Creedence Clearwater Revival, written by John Fogarty. Bad Moon Rising. Uh, a friend of mine in Seattle, Mike Brown, loves John Fogarty. He's seen him several times in concert and said, if you get to go, go. Oh, I'd love to. Yeah. yeah. And I always called this, <laughs> it was terrible, but Pussy Sludge. I don't know why. It's just in Percy my mind. Sludge. Yes, I know was very bad when a man loves a woman yeah big uh heartfelt ballad calvin lewis andrew wright wrote that percy sledge and a big one by aretha one of her biggest ballads you make me feel like a natural woman uh carol king a writer of that with jerry goffin and jerry wexler you know that um pop culture series you tipped me to on netflix yes i watched that uh, one episode, and it was about the Brill Building, uh, which was a building in New York City where all of these people, Goffin, King, Wexler, uh, in the early 60s, wrote songs for other people. Other people that were in there were Neil Diamond, Neil Sedaka, just about everybody. So this song, You Make Me Feel Like a Natural Woman, came from the Brill Building music Coalition or whatever you want to call yeah, it. Yeah, consortium, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I picked up on that. In fact, my wife was watching it, and I had missed it. And she was watching one regarding auto-tune and how really what really brought it to the forefront was share and believe. Oh, yeah. And uh, that really made it mainstream. And then it got into the rap mode with uh, T-Pain, I believe. And... Uh, he actually got a lot of backlash because uh, a, a flight attendant pulled him aside on an airplane and said, you've ruined music. 
Have you heard uh, his brother, T. Paper? <laughs> no. Oh, he's on a roll. Is I'll he? I'll tell you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> hey, you know, if you can't do a joke, do a bad joke. Uh, the Wicked Picket uh, wrote in the Midnight Hour, along with oh, Steve yeah. Cropper, uh, but the Rascals performed in the Midnight Hour in the Big Chill. Yep, there were many versions of the Midnight Hour uh, at that time. Um, the Rascals was a successful version, as was uh, Wilson Pickett. There was a band in Michigan called the Messengers. They did a version that got some airplay in Michigan. Uh I think in the movie, oh boy, about the Irish band who did R&B music. Well, we'll save that for another film because okay. I can't remember the name of the movie right now. But um, it's a great song. And wasn't uh, was Steve Cropper in the Blues Brothers? Yes. Because I remember movie. one of the songs yeah. where John Belushi uh, at the end yeah. of it says Steve Cropper and I think like Duff Dyer right. or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were session musicians for, I believe it was Muscle Scrolls is what they called it. Oh, okay. And performed on a lot of huge hit records uh, and were definitely a part of the Blues Brothers when they went to make the movie. In fact, I think I saw, and this is a long time ago, so I don't remember a lot from it, but there was another documentary on the Muscle Shoals studio that was either Louisiana or Alabama. It was a southern... Um, studio and some of the people who came through there. Right. Session musicians. Yeah. And it's a shame that a lot of them don't get credited, which is why we try to mention the, well, the names yeah. here. You know, and we mentioned a bunch of uh, Motown songs, and I'm a bit money that the people playing on those songs were a group called the Funk Brothers, which were the house band for Motown. And uh, they were the subject of a documentary a few years ago, which is a great documentary. And you meet the Funk Brothers, and um, they tell the story of being the house band at Motown and give a demonstration and then uh, do some new versions, well, not versions, but new recordings. And you can actually, and it's amazing because uh, they're the sound. And there was a, there's even a couple of tracks included in the soundtrack of You Keep Me Hanging On Without the Supremes singing and a track-by-track buildup of Bernadette by the Four Tops, which starts just with a bass line and then increases measure by measure. It's I love that. Uh, one, yeah. of the, uh, one of my favorites is Sirius which is the Alan Parsons project build up to mm. Eye in the Sky. Right. And it starts with uh, just one instrument, and it's like everybody starts coming into the studio and starts to jam in their part, and it starts with a, just a guitar, and then the drum comes in, and then the, right. another guitar and a brass and keyboard or whatever it might be, and then it builds, and then at the same time with Alan Parsons, they almost leave the studio again so be, right before it hits the intro that the single version of Eye in the Sky was where it just backs down to just the base of do, 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 do again and then hits the intro. I just remembered the name of that Motown movie. It's called Standing in the Shadows of Motown. Oh, okay. Yep, check it out. All right. 
probably on one of your streaming services. I would think so. And, you know, I'm pretty happy right now because we are finishing up a look at this particular movie, and so I am proclaiming joy to the world. Which was originally done by a small child taking a bath. Seriously? Yeah, in the movie. Jeremiah with the pop <laughs> I don't recall that. And Kevin that. Klein goes, who was Jeremiah? Who was Jeremiah? Yeah. Ah, 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 okay. I don't even remember if the song itself was included. Well, it says performed by Three Dog Night in the credits, and usually uh, if it's not performed uh, like the one earlier performed by Tom Berenger, then usually uh, there's at least some portion of the music in there, unless it was just included in the soundtrack. I believe the little kid in the bathtub was the son of the director, but you'd have to go back and verify that for me. But he's the one singing... Um, <laughs> a big country star, writer of that song. Hoyt Axton, yeah. Yeah. So uh, there you have it, John. A uh, very cool look at a very, very cool movie because its name is... The Big Chill. Yeah. 1983. Yep. So I think we, uh, are, we're pretty good at this one. We're about uh, 21 minutes in. I think people can, that's about all um, I know I can stand of me. So <laughs> <laughs> So you say we're putting a wrap on this one. We're going to put a bow on it, I think, John. Okay. So let's uh, finish out. And, you know, we did say at the beginning here that this was one of the first movies that used a lot of oldies to uh, yeah. punctuate the soundtrack. But I think maybe for our next one, let's go back even further to 1973, I believe. For? American Graffiti. Oh, love to. Jammed full of 50s and 60s hits. And Wolfman Jack. That's right, baby. Yep. So let's try to do that next time when once again we return with the Movie Ticket Radio podcast. By the way, if you have suggestions for movies or comments or corrections or whatever you want to do, you can always write to us and I will answer or John will answer, whichever one of us is least busy. That's true. At movieticketradio at gmail.com. And, of course, listen for the hits you hear in movies on... MovieTicketRadio.com. Very good. You sound unsure of that, but you are right. And remember, you'll never listen to movies the same way again. That's for sure. So thanks for listening. I'm J.R. Russ. I'm J.R. Landecker. Okay. <laughs> you take it easy. We'll catch you next time. Goodbye. Bye. Movie Ticket Radio.